Hello everyone and welcome to Fall Loss, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host George. Hello team music. And Grant. Hello music fans. It's not going to work, but let's go. <laughs> One day people will refer to us as team music. Tell us in sure. the comments if you've been referring to us as team music. Team music. Well, I just feel like we are a team and my mother just found all that music rubbish when I <laughs> said I'm doing the podcast. And I heard that. It's yeah. true. So uh, we could be that music rubbish. That music rubbish, yes. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family and it's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love and we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums are nominated. And I actually did it this time, so... Thanks, Liam. Thanks Did you get the, feedback? I think I got like one person commenting going, okay. but not on this one, on the other album. Okay. So we'll, we'll worry about that sure. when it comes to it. Uh, you can find the link to that in our show notes. And of course, we are a podcast, which means we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month and you get early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes, and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. And there is no cap to the amount that you can donate on a monthly basis. That's true. If you want to register for a million dollars a month that is completely your option so i'm going to put it out there to ryan reynolds who bought a football team yeah um you could also buy a podcast he could i would absolutely we could be bought he, yeah. i can be bought I can for be sure bought. i can be it's bought for the right amount of money no questions yeah, asked yeah but there is a cap on isn't there a limit on how many yeah Members, it's, it's yeah. 10 million, and 10 million we're people. people people who can follow us and we're getting very close so get in while yes. you can, Ryan, it's it's closing soon. And after we hit the 10 million, there's nothing I can do. Precious, precious. There's nothing I can do. That's it. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I am introducing this episode, but I am not hosting this episode. Ooh, wow. Nom- nominating this episode. What does this because mean? Because we have a guest. Yes. Yeah, we do. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, we do. Ding, ding, ding. Hello, my name is Sabrina Laurie. Hi, Sabrina. Hello, Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome. Welcome. Are you a teenage Welcome. witch? So I was Maybe. when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. I still look like a teenager? No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so Sabrina's got the coolest hair. She's got like really long, dark hair, but then she's got all of these like dyed red bits in it, but it's like blood red, really cool. So it's like, yeah. Like, I feel like we need to take a selfie after this. We can do um, that. We should be doing that. With yeah, the for the socials. <laughs> to the socials. For Ryan. And for, for Ryan, yeah. who's going to buy the Maybe, podcast. maybe. If he gets in in time. If he gets to Patreon. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Please Sabrina? Do. Sure, yeah. I, um, I've been a Brisbane musician since all the late 90s. Nice. And um, that's a good era. It was a great era. Yeah, mm. it was my favourite to date. Uh, yeah, and I, so I played in bands and I, I worked in venues. My parents ran the Indie Temple for many years, and so I was a resident nice. band there in wow. a band called Tongue. And I spent, well, that's where I cut my teeth, really. Mm-hmm. Spent eight years playing there, three nights a week. Um, and then I moved on to be in a garage riot band called Little Vegas and the Fuzz Parade, which is where I crossed Liam's path. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also just went on to be involved in the music scene, uh, in the underground scene, the community, and, and started running a venue myself called The Beetle Bar with some friends of mine, Aisha, and um, did that for many years and built a great little scene there. And um, then I started putting out my own music. So under my name, Sabrina Laurie, I put out... Um, album Hush the Mountain in 2017 
and um, I took a little bit of a hiatus after that and now I'm back working on my second record um, with some singles due to come out uh, March 2023. Fantastic. An album? Yes, an album. Soon after that. Yes, so the singles will come out preceding the album. Yeah. 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 It's how that's they do it these awesome. days. Isn't it's all it? like yeah. It's like, sure. yeah, one song at a time situation. Strip that's feeding. how they, they eat the songs oh, yeah. one that's by it, one. That's yeah. it. No. But that's not what we're here for. I have no. to ask, yeah. like, as you are a cool kid, it's going to be released digitally, obviously, but are you going to go down the vinyl or the cassette? Or Absolutely. The mini disc? I am a massive mini fan disc. of vinyl. I did put a vinyl out of my last album as awesome. well. And I have put a cassette out before too. Nice. Um, nice. But I'm definitely doing vinyl. Sweet. Awesome, because yeah. I have a record collection. So mm. Very cool. Like, this could go very well for both of us. I think so. Awesome. Would you like to tell us where people can find out about all your goings on and what you're up to? Yeah, yes. you can find me on the socials. I'm on I'm on all the normal socials that are out there. And I have got a website as well, sabrinalaurie.com. Cool. We will and link to that the, in the spelling show notes of your name will also be in the title of the episode. Yes, and I'll link to it in the show notes, the website and the socials as well. Perfect. So, welcome to Flawless. Would you like to tell Thank us what you. album you're nominating this yes, evening, today? Yes, I would. I'm nominating Dead Can Dance's Spirit Chaser. studio album for Dead Can Dance. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about Dead Can Dance and how you found out about them? Uh, well, I came across them in probably not the traditional way. I know that the, the many albums that they did before this seventh album were, were they um, working with 4AD records and so there was more of a kind of goth, different mm-hmm. kind of a, a vibe around them and then the, this album um, was more tribal and more sort of esoteric and... Um, that's how I came across it, um, just through some friends of mine when I was traveling in America, um, and through healing, really. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. cool. So yeah. was this the first album of theirs that you'd heard? It was. Right. And yeah. you sort of went back and what, have you, you've gone I've back listened to all the others? All the others yeah. And, um, this is still my favorite from okay. them. And I will listen to this album at least once a week. Oh, that's, wow. that's why I nominated it because I'm like, yeah. well, I've got to do something that I really believe you in. You can like, remember. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, for me personally, yeah. Yeah, so, so what, what made this album, I guess, I mean, it was your first one, but was there anything else that made this album stand out against the other ones in terms of nominating it for Flawless? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, mainly the feeling mm-hmm. for me and, and that, yeah, I, I put the album on from start to finish every time yeah. I listen to it and I'm never I'm – never burnt with it i'm never I'm never done i'm always going back it's kind yeah. of like a reset button for me oh nice this record if i'm That's not awesome. feeling good or yeah okay. you know if i want to just like get into a certain headspace where i'm kind of lifting myself mm-hmm. i'll put this record on so had you yeah. had you met people in america that 
gave you this album or guided yes, you to this? Yes, they guided me to it. Yeah. Right, eh? Yeah. Even though they're from Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm, isn't it like I'm? Because the band, yeah, essentially was the the two founding members. Is that Lisa and Brendan? Lisa yes, and Brendan. Lisa and they and were Brendan. together, I believe. I yeah, think so, I think they yeah. were married, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. And they met in Australia in 81, but they relocated to London in 82. Mm-hmm. And so um, they have got, you know, the, their music's world music. And yeah. so mm-hmm. they have yeah. got a global appeal. So I think a lot of people, even friends recently, since you guys invited me, that I talked to about coming on, they're like, what record did you choose? And then I talk about this album. They didn't even know they were Australian. Right. So, yeah. Mm. And you, I have to put it out there. Um, Brendan, immediately, name of my ex-husband. So I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. However, on, the back, on the back foot already. <laughs> no, because oh, okay. we recently Oops. became friends again after a hiatus. Oh, that's very good. So I good. looked at the name Brendan and thought that's great because the re- record it's recorded in Brendan's studio in Ireland. Yes, yes. Um, and Brendan is the most Irish name. <laughs> the, if you have called Quivy Brendan Church. O'Cleary. Quivy, yeah, Quivy, Quivy Church. Yeah. Quivy Church in Ireland. Yeah. It's on the border of the Republic and Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I did check from, <laughs> yeah. um, for me. It's an hour 20 minutes from Donegal, which is where my father's from. It's an hour and a half from Dublin, which is where all of my cousins and great-grandparents and everyone are from. And it's um, two and a half hours from Galway, which is where my other side of my Irish wow. heritage are from, so my grandmother's side are from. And so, because I'm always curious about Ireland, um, and then obviously the name Brendan popped up, um, but ironically, I am more Irish than him, and I have an English name. Um, <laughs> but yes, so... Um, it's a complex world in which we live. Yeah, but I just thought it was really cool that these people from Melbourne ended up in the middle of and nowhere mm. in Ireland to open a studio in old church and record their records there mm. and yeah, it's so not open now but it was open at the, you know during 96 when they were making this record um so that's like to mm. be that passionate about your craft that mm. you open oh. a studio which is a mm. money pit yeah essentially. yeah that's right well what about you when you had you heard this album before oh good question no i hadn't but I've heard a lot of music in this genre. Well, I wonder, when you listened to it, with the origin of it being recorded there, did you have any, like... Because for me, it's very spiritual. I just wondered if you had any spiritual connection to it. So, I don't have spiritual connections to much. Um, like, <laughs> I'm about as spiritual as a toilet brush, um, which is a shame. Um, but... I recognised it as, um, and one of my notes actually is this would be um, a really good uh, background music during a hallucinogenic trip. So <laughs> if you were taking yeah. LSD or ketamine um, or anything like that, this would be a really good journey because there's no darkness yeah i think that's what i like about it is that i don't have to take drugs but i can kind of get in that headspace when i listen to it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) no but i grew up listening to a lot of world music so i used to go to um 
festivals with my family. They're musicians too. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I see it festivals like WOMAD and Cambridge and Earth Spirit and they were full of like music from around the world um, and like people creating world music. And so mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. to expose myself to so many different percussive instruments and like different stringed instruments from all across the world as I was growing up and that was normal to me so when I listened to Nirvana I was like these instruments are boring but you know they make good noise um so yes world music is something I'm exposed to Uh very good but you hadn't heard of Dead Can Dance no, I'd not had this because it's not a genre I followed. Yeah. So I moved into folk and punk. Um, and like that was kind of, was like the world music thing was my family's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like the family, we all went to festivals together and we all listened to world music together. And I used to go to drum circles and make dream catchers and do face painting. Mm-hmm. It was an experience they were my holidays growing up the music festivals um and but then i got to go to big ones like glastonbury and see like big bands um but then yeah well cool. music. so liam i'm well, assuming grant oh have you heard of dead can dance have you heard of dead can dance before no and part of me desperately wanted to say george uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i had nah, nah. no no, I hadn't, complete, which is complete like newbie. complete newbie. So, mm-hmm. so I came in very blind. Sweet. Yeah. And good. I had heard of them, and I think I've heard a few songs here and there. I knew this was the kind of style of music that they played. But I'd heard a l- I feel like I've heard a lot of stuff from Lisa Gerrard in the, her doing vocals for electronic music mm. sort of space because she does a lot yeah. of that because she's an amazing vocalist. Mm. But also then you can take that and sort of you know make it really epic sweeping but also dance music behind it. So... I definitely recognise her voice and I've seen her do stuff before. Because she's done some cinematic stuff as yes, well. Yes, she does a lot of soundtracks, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she does full soundtracks. She's done, right. I think she's only done one or two like actual albums. Like this is just an album for no reason other than it's an album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's done like dozens of, like she does the entire movie soundtrack. That makes sense. She's emotive. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah, very emotive. Yeah, she moves me. I think that's it, you know. That's why I love it so much because how it makes me feel. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It just really moves me. And I'm a, quick, I'm a pretty sensitive person, so. Mm. So yeah. we talked about, we've got Lisa Gerrard and Brendan Perry mm. in the band at the time. Um, and they are both under vocals, but they are under instrumentalists. Mm. So it's not... It's like they didn't have space on Wikipedia to list mm-hmm. all the instruments they were doing. Because I'm sure at mm, one just... point there's a theremin. Yeah, so, I've um, got a theremin listed down here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, oh, it's so... unbelievable the amount of instruments. I mean, because um, Brandon also educates with hand percussion. So he teaches hand percussion at the time, like real traditional hand percussive. Um, he was doing like, African and Cuban classes mm. you know at the time and so he had all these wacky instruments going on there's one instrument in particular at the start of um the first song which mm. also indigenous australians use mm-hmm. and um it's just like a piece 
piece bull roarer. of a bull roarer, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you just swing it around your head on a big rope. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's, okay. it's a piece yeah. of wood on a yeah. yeah, it's a piece of wood yes. that you put on a string, and then you can swing it that way or around. Mm. But the holes on the wood make the sound because, like, if you change the hole in the wood, then it changes the sound. That's and cool. it's designed for sending music long distances and communicating essentially. Yeah, yeah. So that one appears yeah at the very start of the very first song, and then a few times again through the album. Yeah. I feel. It's very tribal, obviously, very percussive. So there's huge percussion all through this album. Massive. To the extent that even the extra people who were listed, most of them do percussion. So it was Robert Perry, who I assume is related to Brendan Perry in some way, Lance Hogan, Peter Ulrich, Ronan O. Snowday, Renault Pion and Klaus... Well, so sorry, and up to Ronan. They, they all did extra percussion on tracks one and five. Mm. That's all they did. And then Renault Pion did the Turkish clarinet and then Klaus Vormir did some extra engineering stuff. Yeah. But other than that, production mixing, it's all mostly just the two of them using different instruments, you know, obviously not all at the same time, just layering it, layering it, layering it. So how pissed are they that it was they the one thing they couldn't put in instrumentalist is a caravan? That like they had to bring someone in to play that one instrument for the, them. Yeah, the Turkish clarinet. The I guess Turkish they, the clarinet. one thing they couldn't teach themselves how to play. Yeah, <laughs> like they they're able to play instruments from all across the world, and they're like, "Bugger, we've got to Go bring some gun. guy in yeah. just to play <laughs> this one instrument for us mm. for this one track because it, we know we've heard it; it would be perfect, mm. uh, but we haven't had time to learn it yet." Yeah. So the track he plays on is Indus, which is track three. Yeah. So nine minutes twenty three. It's um, one of the sort of almost one of the slower ones, a bit more foreboding. Mm-hmm. Um, like you've got the slow. So lots of bongos and maracas all the way through it, but usually not festive, but just still a little bit up. Mm. But this one, there, yeah, much slower, sort mm. of keeping that sort of that down tempo a little bit. Um, and then it's like it's all, like it's got like a spy soundtrack. So that's where some of the cello and I assume the Turkish clarinet comes in. Is like it's almost like that Bond, James Bond. Middle Eastern style spy spy stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, and that's, that's right. the one that they sent to George Harrison and mm-hmm. said, "We've basically used within you, without you, um, which is his one of his sitar yeah. tracks." Yeah. Um, and he actually sent them back a, "This is fine. Like, go ahead and use it." Yeah. Well, they but didn't realize that they had. No, I got a quote a, actually a similar, from Lisa. Similar melody, I yeah. bought a quote. Yeah, because um, from the Boston Globe I got it in nine <laughs> Well, she says, "Here's what she said." Quote: uh, "We don't know whether we stole it within you, without you, melody, or not. We probably did, but who the hell knows? It wasn't deliberate." Because we didn't remember the record. I'm really unfamiliar with the Beatles' work, I have to confess. Brendan knows a bit more about it, but the next minute, musicologists are saying, oh, the first six notes are the same. So we had to contact George Harrison, who didn't give a damn, frankly. <laughs> he was gardening at the time. He, he said, oh, he I like gardening. that piece of music. He's gardening. I mean, I like yeah. gardening. And someone calls you on a landline back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What well, how, how bothering me? Out there? Yeah. Somebody wrote a song that has six notes similar to yours. The like, first yeah, six I was notes in the so. Beatles. <laughs> Every song sounds like yeah. one of ours. Yeah. And, and she and says, George Harrison's literally the nicest one. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Sorry, Serena, Absolutely. On. And he says, I like that piece of music. It's okay. But the record company pushed it, so we had to give it a credit to Harrison on the thing, which seems really bizarre. So yeah. she says. Mm. Because of the first six notes. That's all yeah. it takes. That's mm. all it takes in court. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. think you can have five. You can have five notes or a five chord progression, but you can't have more than that. But the six it's is like there's um, a limit. Like if you wanted to do Mickey Mouse, 
it would have to have six points of difference. So you'd have to put like an extra little like mm. cone on his ear, six points of difference before it's copyright free. Which is why the Simpsons got away with it, with so many of their like itchy and scratchy and stuff like that. Okay. It was because they put enough points of difference that it didn't look like Tom and Jerry, Mickey Mouse, etc. But, but yeah, yeah, if he gets that songwriting credit, that means... I mean, not that a lot cash. of radio stations were playing 9 minutes 23 of each sure. that often. No, but yeah. <laughs> but um, when they did play it, or you know, live, or covers, or whatever, then he gets that little bit of that extra money. But he so desperately needs. Because he yeah. probably does need it. He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Gardening, right. well, yeah. seeds. He's not <laughs> with us anymore. We lost George Harrison a while ago. Okay. Um, uh, at but, the time. Uh, but at the time, yeah, mm. he didn't need the money. But no. I would have said that... Dead and Dance would have got some street cred from being having a song credit writing affiliation to George Harrison. Like Vanilla Ice. Album. And it I'm not sure they would have made enough of a big deal about it to actually get anyone to I notice. don't think they would have, but the fact it would have been there in some Yeah, I think their labels in. They did get some media exposure from it. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, we're huge. We're ma- this is massive. In Kazakhstan. George, I was going to kick in. The back half of Indus has... Hand claps. I know. But they're spaced really far apart Ooh. and they're really soft. And for the first time, we've actually got like, normally all our hand claps are like fun and exciting hand claps. These are really slow and foreboding. Yes. And it's like, stop, stop clapping your hands. You're freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this hand no. claps. <laughs> no, I, I like happy cheerleader hand claps yes. where I feel like I'm being geared on to do something. I think. And not like some slow hand clap, like you're like carrying the dead. Yes. Um, and Which... you're just like clapping. And I think that's their intent, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. she, Lisa exactly Gerard talks doing. about, she says, into, you know, bringing the African belief. They talk about these African beliefs and, and old rituals and things like that a lot, but bringing you into contact with spirits from another plane. They say that, that the place is like a mirror of the world that we live in. And I think, you know, they, on this record in particular, they were trying to bring through real animal and mm. nature yep. sort of sure. sounds and, yeah, that, yeah, and, yeah. and feelings like bird songs and things that suggest wood or snakes or She's made a real water. point of saying that there is never anything religious in anything they do, but that everything they do is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she did that in an interview when they were like, are you a religious band? I think it's because they picked up on some like chants that have been like Gregorian chants in the past, which would have been done by monks. And so obviously that would have had a religious context, but they're using a Gregorian chant for the musicality of it Mm. and spiritual. Mm, Yeah, that's right. And um, sound and vibration and frequency. Yeah. Which in, in ancient traditions are like have healing qualities and can you know cause awakenings in people and crazy mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I may or may not have taken hallucinogens and Unconfirmed. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um which is why I could say this is very much the music you would listen to mm. on a trip of Should some you choose? Yeah, but you'd theoretically have to, You'd have to, to put it on, depending on the hallucinogen of your choice, you'd have to put it on repeat. Because <laughs> some take half an hour and some take 12 hours. Mm, so, true. yes. So, like, that's literally part of my notes. So, yeah. um, yes. Because one of the things they also said, we talked a lot about the percussion, but they, the other thing they didn't want was, so obviously, 
definitely now and less so then but probably still you could just go i'm going to play the drums but make it sound like something else just use a computer to make it sound like some other kind of thing mm. but they didn't want to do that so they said uh lisa gerard said we wanted live non-sequenced human production no sorry this was perry we wanted live non-sequenced human percussion we decided to set limitations to work from purely rhythmical means I've been doing a lot of percussion workshops and sessions with friends, like you mentioned, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And invariably, we'd have up to 15 people playing percussion, which generated some great ideas. Yeah, that's so they just right. wanted 15, to get... While they're recording this thing. I yeah, think, yeah, at, at so times I mean, they did. They had like groups of people working together because mm. that also kind of plays into the energy that they're sure. trying to create. Mm. But <laughs> I, I do know what you're talking about as well because I'm a producer too. And, mm. and he did talk about wanting to get into the headspace of organic versus technology. Mm. And so he would sample some of the instruments like the bull roarer, he sampled that as well and then played it on a synth then afterwards so that sound was coming through on different notes and then they'd play back through the sounds that they organically recorded mm-hmm. then digitally. Mm. Yeah, it's good that mix of yeah or analog and digital stuff, not necessarily wholly one or the other. Because there's electric guitar in there. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. So like, they definitely recorded so it in a When that came in, in that surprised mode. me, and that's an electric mm. sound because mm. there was so much of it was like haunting vocals and percussion, um, and yeah. But then having like theremins and electric guitars and stuff like that was just like, um, whereas in songs of the dispossessed mm. that had the acoustic guitar picking yeah. opening like that it. was really pretty i loved it yeah really so, nice. um, and in that the male vocals are in english yeah so, well, like, a few times yeah um and there's a piano that comes in but the vocals are then layered and the percussion is still there so i would say this is an album of heavy percussion but um Growing up in that world of world music, the percussion of India is different to the percussion of Africa. Mm-hmm. And so I, there were certain times that I picked it up and I was just like, that feels like North African drumming mm. or that feels like Indian drumming. And um, it's like a very different sound and a different experience to do. So uh, has anyone here been in a drum circle? No. Not in a drum circle, but I'm... I'm not embarrassed to confess that I love playing drums and I'll I'll jam with people in my house or, you know, I'm yeah. not, not afraid to no, bang no, no. on something. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, I don't want to admit this in front of my cool punk kid friends, but... Who are they? Actually, I have done. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, we are, are on me. I'll be a cool punk kid Are we the cool punk kid friends? Are we the cool punk kid friends? That's not... That doesn't sound right. Yeah, that doesn't the people I've been, like been in bands with or wrote themes for and stuff like that or whatever, but I've been in drum circles and it can be a really ethereal experience because you just start like somebody you start something, a rhythm, and other people join that rhythm and it could be offbeat or joining and they could be mimicking or they could be adding their own and it carries on until you can have like 15 people all doing something that just sounds magnificent. So it would make perfect sense that if that's something they are going for in their record, 
they would get 15 people together to mm. have a session like that to experience a rhythm they've never heard before. And they jolt between rhythms in tracks as well. Mm -hmm. So they'll go between like a really straightforward rhythm into some off-kilter rhythm and then move back. Um, but it, they sound like people that have been, that have traveled the world and experienced percussion with people of different cultures, which I was surprised by because I listened to the album a few times before I read about them. Uh -huh. So when I read about them just being a white couple from Melbourne, I was actually quite affronted by mm. it. Like, mm. what are you doing? How dare you take that culture away or this culture away or do this, that and the other. It was, it was really weird. It was like really affronting. Um, but then judging by their experience of their music, they are they have immersed themselves in those cultural styles of music and then transposed that into an album and they Yeah, and they're doing what they are doing with yeah, it. Yeah, I think they're just very deeply feeling you know, and as a human being living on this planet, you know, those ancient rituals and those ancient traditions and those ancient ways of drumming, connecting with other human beings, bringing down a connection more than this dimension that we're in, I think that's what they're on about. Mm. Just jumping back to Song of the Dispossessed, one of the few songs that actually has like a very clear message, obviously, because then it's got the, the other ones are often about feeling about the big sort of creating a space, whereas this one's more, a bit more direct. Um, so it's obviously about colonialism and invasions and stuff like that so he's got the lyrics So I'm thinking lyric buddies. So they were given books to poison their minds. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. guys, that's a massive lyric. Yeah. In and of itself. I didn't get the, the front end of that, but mm -hmm. I was just like I I jotted that down and and, and yeah. it just struck just something pause for thought, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It kinda of struck me like and just put my hand up there and say I'm ex-Church of England, but it felt <laughs> like a, a British colonial Bible-pushing situation mm. as a lyric. Yeah. But has it changed? No. Because no. no. it's still like, you know, the history, no, got, history, got... history books of Australia talk about, you know, the white people came here and just came in, and it's like as soon as you try and say that actually it was an invasion, then it's suddenly, oh, no, we can't talk about that at all. So it's the same thing. Like all the Australian history books refer to it in the same way. At least Triple J changed the dates. Yeah, there are little there are little things being made all the time, which is really good. Well, yeah, and even being comfortable enough to have the conversation. That's it. These days. Yeah. yeah. The small steps need to be made faster for sure. Mm. Sabrina, did you have any favourite tracks you want to talk about on the album that we have? We've only covered Indus' song so far. So any mm. other ones that really grab you? Uh, you know, the whole album, like I said earlier. It's, it's a from start start to finish situation mm -hmm. for me with this album. It so was healing for you. It's very healing for me. And continues to be. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when I was in the States, I was on a bit of a trip trying to heal and recover for some from some pretty traumatic stuff yep. here back home. 
And um, I went and saw a psychic on Sunset Strip. <laughs> in LA. Yeah. And, yes. um, and her name. And I she knew it. you were coming. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always do. I'm like, right? my name's Sabrina. She's like, my name's Sabrina too. Oh. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. But no, that did really happen. But but um, so she she sort of set a task for me to, for seven days, have this bath with different oils each each day. She right? stole you the oils. I took the oils. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a cynic. No, I'm actually, trying to get she the gave me the oils. Okay. There we go. And Thank by you. the end of this session, <laughs> she actually wanted to give me a job too. And anyway, um, I couldn't. I was on tour. Sure. I went, went over there, joined a band, and we were off on tour. And you're touring. Right? So, yeah. And you're and, sad. And what? You were sad. I was, you've done I, was, I was seeking healing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was seeking answers from where, I don't know. But in the end, it came but, from within myself. Sure. But, yeah, the, the album and, and friends of mine when I first got there that I met when I first got there that put me onto it, um, sort of through that, those days where... We'd, we'd have a gig and then we'd be in some, sharing someone's floor and I'd be like, I've got to do this bath. I, I have to do it. <laughs> and so I'd, I just latched onto that album and I would put that on and yeah. just have the bath and get into that headspace that, to separate nice. from all the craziness that yeah. was the rock and roll. Wow. Yeah. Was going on. Sabrina didn't, she didn't provide you this, this album. Someone else. No, another friend group. of mine did. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. That's so cool. you're bathing in the bath salt stuff. And you got the album, got the album and you're touring, going. it's crazy at night. Yeah. But then I'm, I'm finding moments to be introspective yeah. and kind of take stock sure. with it. Yeah. Deep Which you need reflecting. to do. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. don't get burned out. Oh, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, sure. it was the craziest time. And how long yeah. was the tour for? Uh, it was about two months. I was in the States for three months yes. all up. But, yeah, um, we, were, we were off and, and around the place from L.A., across the desert to... Um, south by Southwest in Austin mm-hmm. and back again. Wow. Yeah, and then we did a bunch of shows all, you know, into the desert and it was just go, go, go. So, yeah. Had you done something like it previously? Uh, not to that extent, no. And sure. I mean, I, I didn't intend on doing that when I went there either. I just, a friend of mine, Sasha Vallely, um, who had spent time in Brisbane actually, she's played some shows out here. When I got there, she's saying, we're going to the studio tomorrow. She's like, because I'd already sung some backing vocals yeah. on her stuff when she'd been out here. She's like, would you come in and, and do some backing vocals? I'm like, well, of course. And she's yeah. like, all right, well, we're going to rehearsal tonight. This is the day I landed. I'm like, off okay, all right. And that's how <laughs> well, yes, and then it just went off, off, off after that's that. <laughs> I was just like, she's like, oh, you're great. That's it. You're in the band. Next day we're in the studio and I record. And then she's like, we've got all these shows booked. Can you come? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well done. But I was planning to get down to South America on a spiritual journey. So that's why I suppose I was still, you know, trying to do both Connect at once. Mm. So, yeah. so well, do you still have intentions, sorry, to go to South America I for do. the spiritual? Yes. Thing? Yeah. That okay. would be awesome. At the right time, I will. But then yes. you'll take hallucinogens because there'll be peyote <laughs> and you're going to have the best time because some really good books have been written on peyote. Um, uh, speaking of a different part of the world, Track seven is Song of the Nile. Mm-hmm. Mm. So percussion and chanting. For what I really liked about this, and saying we know I like hand claps and mm-hmm. like one, two, threes and harmonicas. Um, I really like bells. Oh, cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, in Song of the Nile, so, so bells or 
chime with of some mm. description. I don't know which instrument from mm. the world they chose, um, but they put that in a melody. Um, then the male vocals are in, and the female harmonies come in in layers. And um, again, there's percussion and chanting, that's like a thing. Um, but I really enjoyed the lightness of the bells in the penultimate track of mm -hmm. the album, bearing in mind it's eight minutes long. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah it's eight, tra eight tracks that are all quite long. The other thing, Song of the Nile is like, all the other songs, there's lots of stuff going on for most. So like the pizzas will come in and go out, but for the big chunks of the songs, there's lots of stuff, lots of instruments going on. Song of the Nile is a bit emptier. It's like I think it's meandering. Yeah, I think it's playing with that space, like it's creating those empty spaces deliberately. Yeah. Like it wants you to sort with of intent. Use sure. your imagination and fill that space yourself. But well, I think and you let yourself kind of fall into a trance. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a kind like of a of haunting it. openness. Just like the other the other ones, like there's lots of stuff you can always be picking pieces out. Whereas this one was a bit more open. I think which is really cool. Mm. But Liam, yes. were there any tracks that you were? Um, I also of? liked the Snake in the Moon, the right, the Moon. Sorry, the Snake in the Moon right before that, which I've got yeah. marked as a single. Um, I'm not sure, like the value of these, but it's kind of about Double having tick. a single, like yeah. yeah. So six, six, still six minutes. Didn't did get, didn't get a lot of radio play. I did it have a sitar in it? I wrote down sitar. It just sounded it like I didn't confirm, but I no, wrote I down question guitar, mark. guitar, and I put down in question mark. Yeah, so that one had, I thought it might have had a theorem in it. They had the bull roar again to open, which is really cool. It's like we I need love, this. I love the theorem. Everyone, they like to say the <laughs> word. Yeah. Like the Sabrina, they yeah. like to but say the word. Theorem, theorem, <laughs> theorem. Like, you know, there's a Brisbane musician called Steve Palmer. He used to play the theorem okay. in an instrumental surf band called Lost Waves. Uh, oh, he yes. played a theorem, you say? Yes, Was he it? played a theorem in Love on Stage. Oh, a theorem. Okay. Nice. Theorem, well, theorem. Bill Baby, the comedian, plays the theorem with his bald head. And that is very funny. That is very so, yeah, so funny. It's got a soft opening and then like there's these little funky guitar picks that come in, sort of yeah, thing, which is quite enjoying. different to other stuff in the album Talking as well. To each other. But they um they use like maracas and percussions that emulate like the slithering of a snake and then the rattle of like yeah. a rattle the rattle of a rattlesnake, which I think is really cool. But Lisa's voice is much deeper. Mm -hmm. Her vocals are much uh, like lower register when she's in this song mm. than she is in the others. Like a lot of the times, like she's very high pitched, like a banshee, um, mm. and yet here she's got this deeper vocal of like a siren. And it was just like she goes from different ethereal beings depending on what song mm. she's in, and um, because he is chanting. Um, and doing vocals and then her deep vocals but for this one the whole outro is percussion mm -hmm. just it's just percussion and that's all like they make all of the notes and sounds that you need for the outro with percussion so mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty cool makes me want to dance yeah <laughs> it's also something i get from this record yeah at home alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like just like really like Uninhibited dance, mm -hmm. cleaning you know? the floors and coming away. Yeah, when you're cleaning, yeah, because you want. A friend of mine always gave me a great hint when you want to clean your house and you just got no motivation. She's like, five songs. She's like, put five songs on, and by the end of those five songs, you'll clean the house. Nice, nice. But definitely, right this one yeah. helps yeah. with that too. I <laughs> listen to really dirty punk, <laughs> um, really angry political dirty punk that makes me want to fuck the system. And then I'm just like, nice. with the floors, I'm just like, yeah, fuck you, floors. Piss off, dust. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're the worst. No, you'll pay. You'll pay. Loading the dishwasher sucks. Yeah. Um, and yeah. 
the good thing about this one as opposed to short dirty punk songs is that there's these are all nice and long so you can sort of spend your time getting into that dance whereas Correct. by the time you're angry at the floor it's like the song's over it's two minutes it. 20 yeah, yeah. I, know, it's like, I have a 10 hour playlist <laughs> for, for a two bed apartment but yeah. there you go. like I'm not good at cleaning um, Grant, any other song you mentioned? Double tick just a moment ago. Anything else that got your song of tick? stars? Of course, song of is stars. That yeah, a didgeridoo. Oh, no, it is it. That's I assume it's me. a didgeridoo. It's oh yeah, like it's it to me. didgeridoo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just love the guitarist singing birds. What a what a, a combo! Mm. And ten minutes thirteen. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah. must yeah. be one. Yeah, it is a big one. So is were, that this English poetry? That's Brendan doing poetry in that one. Yeah. Yeah, but then is that African? It's thing. Haitian French Creole. Haitian French Creole. Which was mm-hmm. my yes. next guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also guitar picking and yep. sliding. Um, and it, yeah, so it starts out just plucking notes and then it lifts up into the chords of, I think, similar notes, like the same notes. I'm not good enough to know uh, okay. chords, chords, notes go to chords. But yeah, it felt like just a, a natural progression up in through that. Yeah, definitely. It was really nice. So, yeah. And also, um, I think... The title, Song of the Stars, might be the prettiest title mm. I've ever heard of a track. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Very cool. Yeah, I love like it. it makes Almost you like Dancing in the Moonlight, but that... <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but I feel... Maybe but, a part. Just, but mm. Maybe the song didn't follow the title sure. on that one. But yeah, but yeah 10 minutes 13 um, with uh, both of them... Joining in in vocals. Mm-hmm. So Yourself, George. Any other? Yeah, any other big, big ones you want to call out? Um, so, uh, we talked. We haven't spoken about. I'm gonna throw this. Divorce long. Divorce long. The the final track. Yeah. And um, mm. so this one is only six minute fourteen. Yeah. Not the shortest. No. That's dedicated alto but we'll get to that in a sec um but there seems to be this long one mm. note mm-hmm. underlining the whole thing that sounds like a harmonium or something like that yeah and there's a note that just sits there beneath all six minutes of the track but there is soft guitar this sort of whistling noise and there are strings, mm-hmm. so I got thought Granty might like that. We like a bit of string. I do. I do like some string. <laughs> so I heard. I've string played string. in the past. Yes. You have played because you are good like that. Um, again, I'm sure of language. So. Um, so it's okay that we don't know how to pronounce the title of the song because it's a word that Jared made up. They oh. often, a lot of their lyrics are just yeah, I think are not real language. languages. Yeah, yeah they just mm-hmm. use phonetics that sort of just carry the energy of what they're trying to transmit. Well, I'm literally writing a young adult fantasy novel right now. Oh. And I've had to invent realms and characters and, like, each realm's character has to have a different style of name. So it's very clear that someone's an elf versus a unicorn. Mm. Um, And, yeah, Mm. so I'm writing this book and I've had to invent... I've had to invent words that mean somebody that is half one magical being, half another magical being, that doesn't come off as derogatory. Do you know how hard to that whom? is? To it's the audience. 
Right. But if they so choose to get if he's so in, If he's inventing <laughs> words and inventing lyrics for the album... So it, was, so it was mostly Lisa. So this one was the whole thing. This last one was on Lisa. So the album yeah. was attributed... Was, Woman and guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the album was um, a tribute to her brother, Mark, who deceased, who passed away. Oh. So the whole album was attributed to him. And then this the song... album and that... This song in that particular song, yeah. is a... So the as we're possibly mispronouncing it, is called A Lullaby for the Sleeping Spirit. That's what she said it mm-hmm. means. So this is for him, a lullaby for him as he passes on and his spirit. Um, so that's where, yeah, guitar and I thought, I thought there was guitar and her voice. Once again, very different to the rest of the album, a bit stripped back. Mm. But just See, oh, that's something I did not know. And maybe that's ask, why I'm, I'm like drawn to it. Because hey. in my life, I have had a lot of people around me that I've been there at, at the end mm-hmm. with and that sort of thing. Really? So, yeah, that's curious. More Very than curious. a handful, more than like one. More than should be expected or... More than one. Yeah. yeah. Let's go more it just, than one. In fact, to us. the point where my best friend just this week said to me, you know, because I was like, maybe you should be like a death doula or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Death. Wow. What doula? Because they, they, they do that. Yeah. Like a... Um, Spiritual guide jewelry. during, I think. Usually they have during birth. Yeah, doula is someone that people have, a mother okay. that, you know, guides them through the That's process. How do you feel, and what was your thought about that one? Um, yeah, I I feel I do feel attracted to potentially exploring that. Mm. Yeah, wow. Mm. You yeah. could bring light on it mm. where there is dark because it is a light experience for that the person. It's a, it's very personal, but mm. I think it's really the Huge. people around the other people around that kind of um, change the energy of what's happening for for the person that's actually going through the experience. Mm. But it's interesting that you brought that up because, yeah, I didn't realise that. Mm. That's, so yeah. it was and a lullaby. How, and the reasons for you being attracted to it in the first place mm. is a part of healing. And this last track is about that. Is about with that brother. with her brother, yeah. So yeah. A, lull- I know that. a lullaby for the sleeping spirit. Yeah. And we go a levels and levels. Oh, my okay. oh, I love Sorry. it. <laughs> love it, Sabina. We, um, we're moving here, guys. Yeah. We are moving. <laughs> I'm taking up there to um, Lisa. And Brendan, that I'm going to use the word divorcement in my fantasy novel, Ooh. where it is um, a lullaby. So, um, maybe ask them first. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, but if Ryan Reynolds buys the whole <laughs> podcast now, <laughs> and then he says he's got a problem with you in the divorcement thing, then what do we do? Sorry, Ryan. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, Soz, Ryan. not Soz. Yeah. Is that what the yeah. new kids would yeah. say? We're, sorry, looking, we're looking for a silent partner, Ryan. Not to, not I, to well, ag- again, again. So maybe that's a little <laughs> silent. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we are looking at the clock. Any final thoughts before we go into a final piece? Amazing um, talk. Plucky choice. Shortest song. One minute nine. Yeah. Just percussion. Yeah. Done. And that's Dele Sasse Alto. Does anyone know what Dele Sasse Alto means? Yes, I did actually look I, that up. I could up. only find you, the definition you? for dedicace. I couldn't find anything for auto. Auto means spirit of the drums. Okay. Yes. No. Um, dedicace, I read, means dedication but feminine in the French. Oh, there you go. Because the, French have feminine and masculine versions yeah. of words. Feminine dedication to the spirit of the drums. There we have it. That's Sounds a really good, good name. Yeah. Mm. And hopefully maybe it was just Lisa doing her thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like just one, one minute 14 of Lisa playing drums. So there was one thing I wanted to say. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. If you guys had invited me to inspect this album a little more closely, I wouldn't have realised with the um, church, with Quivy Church, yes. um, Brendan was talking about in the in the early days when he set it up, 
that they had a bat problem in there. And so all the instruments, like the bats would come back in the daytime and then they'd get bat poo on them. Sure. And it was ruining oh. instruments and stuff. And so they was trying to figure out ways to get rid of these bats. And um, eventually one night they left Led Zeppelin playing really loudly. And that he said the bats went away after that. Nice. <laughs> so I thought, that's really cool. <laughs> Go Led Zeppelin. Wow. Yeah. Which album? Like I don't know. Three, four, Two, the one that five. I proposed is I don't flawless. know. <laughs> that Liam was wrong on again. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought wow. that was cool. Cool. That, that is cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Ne- and I they think, never returned. I think no, they never the returned. album, right? Yeah. Sabrina, like, did you want to give us your final pitch for why Dead Can Dance it, is flawless? Or anything more in your notes, which, guys, I'm not sure I've seen better typed yeah. notes or more pages <laughs> in my life. It's really? amazing. It's great. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Um, you really care. We can see that. Well, I do really care. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful you guys invited me to look at it. But, no, I think we've covered everything i had in my notes and more Fantastic. yeah thanks wow. good okay yeah. wonderful your final pitch for why you think spirit chaser is flawless um i think spirit Ch- chaser is flawless because in my personal opinion whenever i put it on i have to listen to it from start to finish every time wow nice. done perfect sold so, so you don't pick up ever just go do you know what i really need to listen to a song that just possessed right now mm. no no. You're like, no. I put the whole thing on. And I think Narika on and go. And it's because it's always at times when I'm in my own headspace or I'm on my own. Because I'm a mother as well and, you know, I work with lots of people. And so I suppose, and I used to live far out of town too. So it would be also driving. So, yeah, I'd, I'd really just, I grab it when I have that time to be in my own headspace. Nice. Yeah. Cool. George, final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down for Dead Can Dance. Okay, so um, final thoughts. Um, I was thrown back in time listening to this album because it's not a genre I've listened to since I was about 14 and I stopped going to festivals with my parents. Um, Even though my mother would play world music at home, I'd kind of ignore it. So um, I was thrown in at the, I'm going to say at the deep end, (laughs) <laughs> with um, Spirit Chaser because um, it crosses many um, realms um, and it was, yeah, quite a surprise to find out that they're a duo from Melbourne. So um, I was incredibly impressed by the fact that they are instrumentalists, plural, um, and... They have obviously immersed themselves in the music of different cultures and translated that over to um, uh, the music they create. And I think it's really cool. And they have quite a big following as well. Mm. And they do like world tours and they have like people that are really into what they are doing. So it's not a genre I follow. Um, and so I was listening to it and I was thinking like, well, this is a bit of an Indian bit, this feels like an African bit, this feels like a whatever, an Irish bit. Um, but it's actually, I think, um, the album didn't flow for me um, the way I hoped it would. 
So I was hoping that when I first started listening to Nairika at the beginning, and it's percussion heavy and female vocals and like it felt very African with chanting. I was expecting this soundscape that would take me on a journey knowing that it's an hour long mm-hmm. or nearly an hour long. Um, but I got jolted by in Song of the Stars when there was male poetry that sounded almost Gaelic. Um, it's, uh, it took me away from the spirituality of like Africa Mm-hmm. And then it took later, then took me into the spirituality of India, and I felt like I was being moved around the continents too much. Mm. Um, and so for me, it wasn't fluid enough as an album. I thought they're incredible, like masterpieces on their own, um, and um, I was really grateful that you brought it, but um, I couldn't call it a flawless record because unlike Sabrina, I couldn't listen to it end to end. I would actually pick out individual tracks and play them in there. I write on repeat. Mm. Um, and that's my experience of it. So it's not a flawless, but it's a really interesting album. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, George. Uh, Grant, over to you. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thank you, Liam. I, I thoroughly enjoyed... Um, this album because I it's it, I mean it's world what's, I wrote down here from Wikipedia or whatever world music world beat neoclassical dark wave I never yep. heard of that part oh, of it yeah. but <laughs> but sure okay let's let's go with that and and you know the, the the drums and there's a lot of tribal stuff that was absolutely awesome I got double ticks on songs of the stars and I got double ticks on on the snake and the moon track number five everything else is five minutes plus right mm-hmm. and then for some whatever reason, and I've got Anastidio Che Auto, I have Y in capital letters, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> sorry, question mark for the first three, then an exclamation mark. And if only for that, I don't know why. We, I don't feel it needed it. <laughs> Desperately don't. I, I, I enjoyed everything else of it, but I'm going to say no for that. Mm-hmm. Only because I didn't feel that it, that it needed, and um, that was the only reason I would I would I would pull back. I, I didn't think it's way way outside my wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to uh, be. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like the first world freaking... music album we've covered on the podcast. Like, yeah, various. Obviously, George has got a bit of history with that, but we, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think any of us listen to yeah, yeah. regular anywhere kind of. Um, and already. also, you know, diehard fans. Most diehard fans are not huge fans of this album. Okay. Really? Yeah, huh? that's that, interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which album do they prefer? Well, I don't know actually. But, but not this but one specifically. Not this one specifically. Because yeah. it was I wrote down here. You might have these notes as well. Fourteen years. It was sixteen years from the previous one, and then fourteen years to the next one. They mm. have a uh, hiatus. No, they yeah, not. And the book ended. This is like in the middle. I, I, don't, I don't think it was sixteen years to this one. It was the seventh. Seventh album, yes. Yeah, but I don't think it was 16 years since their sixth album. I had a 16-year hiatus, but that could have been... They they definitely went on a a huge hiatus after this album. Okay. But I don't know about... I thought before Before. they'd been doing it every couple of years, but I'm not sure. That's fine. I I thought it was super cool, Sabrina. Thank you for bringing it. And if it wasn't for number five and a minute 14, does it need to be there? I would have said, sure, done. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Liam. Hello. Um, yeah, so like everybody else, I 
was, uh, this is definitely outside my wheelhouse to the extent that, um, I feel weird, even the, the small amount of judging that we do on music on this sure. podcast, which is just the outro. I, I didn't feel comfortable saying whether this is good or bad world music like how like i have no like well, that's kind what of a there good are, point that's are, kind of cool yeah there are hey? other genres that i have almost no connection to but even i know like so say hip-hop is probably one because i'm a white guy I'm, I'm obviously not a huge connection to it but i can tell when it's good and i can tell when it's bad this i have no clue if this is good or bad like i i feel like it's probably good because these two feel like amazing people who like george said have immersed themselves in cultures that aren't their own and have found a way to sort of bridge that connection. So I was having trouble deciding whether how I was even going to judge it. The only thing I did come to a conclusion at the end was that it felt like when they were at their best was when there was like lots of stuff going on, lots of instruments, lots of percussion. Mm -hmm. So on Narika, Song of the Stars, on a lot of the songs they do that. But then at the end, Song of the Nile was very empty and sparse and then Divorce was even sparser again. And I felt like ending the album on two things which weren't as strong as the stuff that had come beforehand i thought i would have liked to go out on not big and up like because they don't make happy music but just something that really played a bit more to their strength so i really yeah i really love listening to it and thank you very much for nominating it but i felt like i couldn't give it flawless just that the ending didn't really nail it for me even though the songs the two songs individually are still really great songs Thanks, Sabrina. Yeah, You're thanks, welcome. Thank, thank you. you. No, it's great. Cool. That's been a nice long chat. Yeah. And we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can find, you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.